Welcome to the You Have a Body podcast. Two broads talking broadly about health. The physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual, and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to You Have a Body podcast, episode 51, interview with Jessa Walters. Yay. <laughs> Do you want to say hi real quick? Hi. Yeah, hi. <laughs> That's Jessa there, and I'm Hannah, one of your hosts, Hannah Whitevin, owner of SoulCona Fitness and Wellness. And I'm Lucia Hawley, uh, owner of EssentialOmnivore.com and nutritional therapy practitioner. So glad you're here. Yay. <laughs> so excited. Thanks for joining us on the episode today. Um, we're really excited because we're talking about a topic that neither of us know anything about. Yeah, and we we looked up the the term and we couldn't figure it out. So <laughs> we said we'll just wait until Jess is here and that'll be perfect. Yay. <laughs> um but first let's just check in. How was your week? Week was not too eventful in a really great way. Had some chill days. 4th of July happened and went to a friend's house and ate some brats and made a salad and my dog is not too freaked out by fireworks so it's pretty relaxing I always get nervous I'm like is this the year you're gonna like (laughs) flip and realize how scary it is outside but she was good yeah how are you how was your week good we're recording like right after the fourth of July even though you won't hear this for two weeks later but it was good I went to my parents house and I uh, my dog is also not afraid of fireworks so that was good but I shot off a firework incorrectly Oh, that's like my, that's a fear of mine. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it wasn't good. Let me just say, it's my own fault. Can you set the scene? Okay, the scene <laughs> is, everyone's drunk except for me. And <laughs> my whole family's like been drinking all day. Uh, I hadn't been, so I should have been the one to not do this. But <laughs> my brother was like, come on, sister, you got to put off the firework. Off. And he set it on the edge of the boat. And he had put it, like, he had put a tube with, like, the firework inside. But I didn't see him set it up that way. So I thought that the tube and the firework were, like, all one thing. You know, sometimes you buy them that way. Mm-hmm. So we set off that first one. And then he's like, okay, set off another one. He hands me the next one, which I was supposed to put in the tube, but I didn't know. And I was like, what do I do, just like this? And he's like, yeah, just take the the thing out and light it. So I set it next to the tube. Oh. <laughs> Not in the tube. I know. I was sober. And I lit it. (laughs) I lit it, and it, like, exploded and shot directly at the neighbor's boat. And, like, went into the water. Luckily, it didn't shoot at any of us because it was, like, really bad. But I got – I went over to where it was, and it had left, like, a big burn mark on our – my dad's boat. Oh, no. And it had shot backwards. Pieces of it had shot backwards into the boat, and one of them had lodged into the leather seat. It was bad. (laughs) Was your dad there? He was so mad. Oh. He was, like, up on the deck. So he, he was like, what happened? He said, <laughs> I went up there, and I was like, Dad, I put a hole in the boat seat. <laughs> and my mom was like, why would you tell him that? And like, he's going to figure it out eventually. Yeah. But he's like, you bonehead. And then, like, goes into the house and goes to bed. And then he was up at, like, 5 in the morning down in the in the boat looking at the damage. I know. I felt so stupid. Nothing makes you feel more like you're, like, back in childhood I felt like such a kid because I was like 
mom and dad, I messed up your boat. Like doing something really dumb with no foresight. Yep. So it was so, a great fourth. It was great. Otherwise, it was very relaxing. All I did was read this like one Tana French mystery novel that I'm almost mm. done with. But it's like so stupid. You don't have to think when you read those books. You can just read them. That's but like, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a good balance. So, with that being said, let's welcome our guest, Jessa Walters, to the yeah. podcast. Yeah, Jessa, thank you. My first podcast. <laughs> Yay. Also so exciting. So far, so good. Very. Yes. Um, well, why don't you, we start with you doing a little intro of yourself. Just like, how do you describe yourself in an elevator pitch, considering how oh, many no. things you do? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm rather introverted. So, <laughs> great. Hey, yo. doing this podcast, I actually, I have to tell you, I checked the astrology Good. to see for the next few Thursdays yeah. as that's when you record you know what the dynamics are like in the cosmos and what would support an introvert mm. doing a podcast and this is why we have you on here that's incredible yeah and so today was the day where Good. the moon is in Sagittarius it's fiery it's mm. about expanding you know really having confidence just betting big on yourself and kind of going for it so um, oh boy, an elevator speech. <laughs> I would probably say, you know, I'm an evolutionary astrologer. And then at that point, that's really all I would have to say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, what questions like, what? would start coming? <laughs> yeah. Because everybody knows a little bit about astrology, usually, just a tidbit, at yeah. least from the newspaper and the horoscopes. Yeah. Right. And it's usually fun to talk about. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then in addition to that, you also are a yoga instructor. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Specifically, you teach trauma-sensitive yoga. Yes. Um, I've been teaching trauma center, trauma-sensitive yoga since 2013. Um, it all started just through a study with the University of Minnesota mm -hmm. and the Domestic Abuse Project. That's I was recruited or interviewed oh, wow. to, to see if I would be a good fit for that. And I was. And that's really what opened my awareness that trauma sensitive yoga existed mm -hmm. and then like did a day-long training with David Emerson to be prepared for that mm. but then went on later to go through the whole eight-month program um, and really get the foundation beneath me yeah, yeah that's incredible yeah so let's uh jump into this <laughs> evolutionary <laughs> astrology yeah what makes it evolutionary? Yeah, mm -hmm. good question. <laughs> so, you know, there's medieval, classical, traditional astrology that most of us are pretty used to in the sense of it's a bit deterministic or fatalistic. Mm. can be a little bit, like, scary or, like, right. oh, my God, Saturn or Pluto is in this placement in my chart. Bad things are going to happen, Yeah, you know? And I have always found that to be not so useful. Right. <laughs> and actually right. quite damaging, you know? Stressful. <laughs> Stressful, yeah. exactly. So when I found evolutionary astrology, which was back in 2008, I had my first reading with mm. an evolutionary astrologer. It blew my mind because it was a form of astrology that was meant to be empowering and totally neutral. Like mm -hmm. all the planets are neutral, the signs, the houses, the whole deal. And the hinging factor is a person's individual level of consciousness. Mm. Oh. So how they relate 
with their moon being in Aries or their sun in Taurus or whatever. There's no good or bad. It's just how is your level of awareness going to relate with these particular energies? And that just opened up a whole world of growth and possibility for me personally. Yeah. And then eventually professionally. Yeah. And before that experience, had you dabbled in astrology? Was it something that you were just already well-versed in? I actually, and this will give a little bit of childhood stuff, um, was raised in a very religious, Mm -hmm. fundamentalist Christian family. Um, And I don't remember how I discovered astrology, but I did at a very young age, like 9, 10, and was immediately just fixated. So I have memories of being underneath my bed, in my bedroom, with like Debbie Gibson, <laughs> Tiffany New Kids on the Block, like on my Walkman <laughs> while I'm reading an astrology book, like to hide from my parents. Oh my god! Because it wasn't allowed. Yeah. Oh my god! No sure. astrology was, you know, the devil's work or whatever. Yeah. But to me, it made so much sense, and it was so fascinating and psychological. And it helped me understand myself, my friends, my family. So that's when I got into it, like nine, ten years old. That's crazy. You were young. Young. Yeah. And it's really been like spiritually, um, self-understanding, growth-wise. Like it's been the thread that's been with me the longest Mm -hmm. is astrology. And then yoga came way later. Buddhism came way later. You know, all these different paths but yeah. astrology has been my main squeeze yeah kind of been that foundation <laughs> for yeah. sure exactly wow yeah. but didn't start like digging in I would say like seriously like with the thought that I'm gonna become an astrologer yeah. someday until about 2008 and okay and what was that process like once you decided okay I'm gonna become an astrologer dive into that Well, that, I would say when I decided, okay, I'm really going to do this, that happened like about three and a half years ago when I started studying with a teacher, Stephen Mm -hmm. Forrest, out in San Diego, Mm -hmm. California, and he does trainings all over. Um, But I chose that one as the place to go twice a year for three years to get trained. Um, That was when it was like, you know what, I'm going to totally embody this and commit to this Mm. and up until then there was always like a little bit of fear well sure I mean it's (laughs) kind of a scary thing to jump into because it's like owning your own business that aspect yep working for yourself Mm -hmm. but also having to find clients and then also like doing something that is the childhood thing Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly even though like you know, I moved on from those fear-based belief systems, mm-hmm. you know, of fundamentalism, like, long ago. But it's amazing how the imprint yeah. can be so deep. Yeah. Yeah. So when someone comes to you, like, where do you usually start? <laughs> yeah. So we sit down, and we've got their chart right in front of us. Because you do the chart, like, before you meet, meet them? or So I gather their birth information. Mm-hmm date, exact time, and city-state or place of birth. And then I usually take mm, an hour, hour and a half to really sit with the chart, um, just kind of let it enter into me Mm -hmm. um, and kind of feel the energies. Mm. And then when they come, 
their chart is ready and um, we sit down and I usually start with just giving them some time to check in if they want to, if they want to speak into kind of what's up in their life right now, any transitions, crossroads, struggles. Um, Some people choose to, some people don't. (laughs) And then we just dive in. And so I'll give a little bit of a premise about evolutionary astrology, how it's different from the fortune-telling astrological styles. Yeah. Um, And then we dive into their sun. Like we spend a good amount of time exploring the sun part of each person and then the moon and then the person's ascendant which is their rising sign. Okay. You've heard of that? Yeah. And those three elements together are known as the primal triad and really just hold a lot of weight in the personality or the psyche. And then we may go into some other planets, but what we make sure we want to touch on is the south node and the north node of the moon. Mm. Which Whoa. I know. <laughs> I'm like, go on. I should be writing this down, right? <laughs> Yeah, so, and this is what kind of sets evolutionary astrology apart, too. Um, The south node of the moon represents a person's karmic past. And by that, we could talk about it in terms of past lifetimes, prior lifetimes. That's usually how I talk about it in a reading. Um, But it could also be thought of as your ancestry. Okay. Or just basically, like, thinking of a newborn baby and how you look into their eyes and they are not a blank slate. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot already there, like from the moment of birth. So where does that come from? Mm. And so that's the South Node, like what came before? And specifically, what came before that the soul is ready to really not be done with completely, um, but it's become like tight shoes. Like it's time, the soul has really had extensive experience with the south node energy and it's ready to move into new territory. And so the new territory is the north node. And can you just define too what, when you say nodes of the moon, what what is that indicating? So those are the points where the earth's elliptical path meets the moon's. Okay. Yeah, so they're not actually celestial bodies, they're just points Mm. in space yeah representing the karmic story and that usually I mean that can really kind of blow people's minds because (laughs) it sure sounds like it usually people are like oh my god you're talking about my childhood Mm. or oh I still feel some of those patterns really deeply right here and now in my life Mm -hmm. Um, so it can be a real kind of wake up to patterns that no longer serve or that seem really easy and habitual but Mm -hmm. the soul is not really growing Mm -hmm. so that north node territory is what wants to be cultivated sure Um, and then that just naturally resolves the south node tendencies Mm. karmic tendencies yeah, it's deep stuff. Yeah, it, it is. is a lot. I'm like, wow, <laughs> childhood. I know. Or right. even kind of like that. Not even just childhood, but almost like subconscious. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which mm-hmm. is even yeah, even more. When when people are coming to see you, are they? Do you feel like people are? Um, I don't know if there's a better way to phrase this, but are they prepared, or do they know maybe that it's going to become so deep or yeah. be so deep? 
Well, it's great because my practice is really built upon word of mouth. Mm. I haven't done much marketing at all. Mm -hmm. And so um, the people who come to me, they kind of know what it's going to be like because their friend or family member has told them Mm, about their own chart. But once in a while, someone will get a gift for someone. (laughs) Gift certificate. (laughs) And then they're like, like, are you you sure? (laughs) Yeah, I'm here to learn about myself. (laughs) I think. Yeah. So that's been really interesting a couple of times. But um, part of my work is to really gauge where a person is at. Mm -hmm. And what their capacity is to hold intense information or raw, kind of primal emotional yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so if I can tell that a person is not quite in a spot where it's the time or maybe ever, mm-hmm. you know, to explore certain territories, I won't go there. Right. Back off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always like crazy intense, you know, not <laughs> right. always. But generally, the people who come to me, they've got intense personalities sure. mm-hmm. and intense work that they're consciously wanting to tackle. Yeah, yeah they on. may be seeking change yeah. at that moment. Yes. Right. Exactly. So it's we, really we have both also experienced that. We don't usually see people when they're like, everything's great. <laughs> right. I'm yep. just looking for yeah. new nutrition and fitness life. Like, yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. No, they want to like uproot things exactly. and really shift. And then when you have someone that does come in that's from like a gift certificate or like their partner, you're like, Yes. Are you sure? We'll do it. We'll do our best. Let's talk about hydration. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) keep it real surface level. Yeah, Yeah. and that's totally you know valid. Yeah, totally valid. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you don't. Yeah, you don't always have to be seeking radical change. No, Mm -hmm. but if you are, listen to this podcast because you'll meet lots of people in here who can help you. Join us. (laughs) Um, So then, once you've kind of explored all the different facets of that person's chart, do they ask you specific questions and you like? answer them through the chart or what what comes next like kind of about the future or things I don't like know. that yeah, is I that know. what you're thinking um or like how they should yeah go about things yeah like more of a counselor mm-hmm. yeah sort of. yeah yeah um I really have found that that's really what the sessions end up being like astrological counseling sure um but I don't tell people what to do ever mm-hmm. we'll just refer back to the chart and kind of maybe suss out the energies a little bit more subtly or deeply mm-hmm. if it didn't quite go in the first time we went through um to maybe help guide or but i just feel really strongly about people having their own free will <laughs> right yeah. right you that's know that's a good thing and that's what really <laughs> i've felt so much resistance around predictive astrology right well, like when people are like what day should i go out and try to meet a man <laughs> <laughs> exactly but sort of like what i did like what day should i do sure. a <laughs> <laughs> well different when it's for yourself too i'd imagine than someone being yeah. like hey you tell me yeah you tell me what to do yes yeah. exactly exactly and i love it because evolutionary astrology is not predictive yeah at all it's really like deep psychological inquiry um and metaphysical mm-hmm. also yeah. i mean it's it's just wonderful it's <laughs> what are what are some of the roots then of evolutionary astrology so evolutionary astrology is more recent mm-hmm. um jeffrey wolf green is one man who's known as kind of beginning evolutionary astrology or founding it my teacher stephen forrest is another one like mm-hmm. they're around the same age time period so they both kind of work together 
Um, but it's really like we're using all the traditional technical astrological principles and practices, but it's just a different perspective. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like it's not about the planets or the energies like dictating what's going to happen to us. It's like what I said at the beginning. It's like our consciousness mm. is deciding yeah. right, how to work with those energies that are available to us. Yeah. I feel like what what could be more empowering than yeah. that? Yeah. It's a lot like, I mean, tarot in that way too. Mm-hmm. Where we've interviewed many people about that and talked about yeah. it ourselves where it's it's an opportunity to inquire more about what you need or exactly. what you're looking for rather than being like, okay, well, I guess I better watch out tomorrow because I got that oh. death card. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's not no. useful at all. Like, Don't worry about that. And fear. Yeah. No. Yeah. So when we look at a birth chart, like when we dive into the sun, the sun is the part of a person's chart that tells us what is going to bring you vital energy, what's mm. going to bring you vitality, and what's going to bring you sanity. And so then we explore this, the sign that the sun is in and the house that it's in. And it just gives so much practical, helpful information about the kinds of experiences a person might want to try, experiment with to see, like, does this feed energy into my psyche? Um, How do I feel, Mm -hmm. you know, when I am involved in these sorts of activities or cultivating these energies? can just be so helpful. It's not like, oh, because you're a Taurus sun, you're this way and that way. It's like, no, why would a soul come in Hmm. with the core of themselves, the sun, in this Taurus energy? Like, what do they maybe need in this lifetime to really heal something that came before? Mm -hmm. And so when we have Taurus, it's like earthy, sensual creature comforts. Mm you know nutrition <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> by the way everyone i'm a taurus hey. <laughs> yeah exactly and with pisces pisces sun um one of the archetypes for pisces is the artist the dreamer so having some sort of creative process mm-hmm. can, right. can be <laughs> very energizing you know, and really the deepest truth with Pisces is um, like having some sort of thing that you engage in that helps you to completely like unplug mm-hmm. from all the mental stories, narratives like of this life and just kind of transcend. Sounds like me. <laughs> I do improv. Oh, yeah. amazing. I do it all yeah. the time. Oh, I'm that's like, incredible. this is the best. And I can be whatever I want. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. And you feel like more alive. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So cool. So that's the sun. That's yeah. what the sun represents. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I definitely want to come and get a Sign me up. What else can you tell me? Yeah. <laughs> When you're when so what you do an initial session or yeah. is it only kind of one session or is there follow up with people after they've kind of dived <laughs> into all of this like just big information? Yeah, yeah. So yep, we have that initial reading and then if people want to work more, then the next reading can be looking at transits, which are <laughs> <laughs> which are the planets in the sky right now, mm. like currently. Sure. 
and exploring those energies and how they're interacting with the birth chart. And so that that's kind of like what I did looking at, oh, what sign is the moon in today for right. this podcast? Right, you know? right. Um, and it's really like a way that you can kind of know the energies that are kind of being activated for maybe the next year. Mm. And then you can choose if you want to, to consciously work with those energies and develop certain areas of your birth chart, your psyche. Mm-hmm. Um in a way that maybe you wouldn't had you not known those energies were at play. So it can be really powerful for continued growth and kind of staying on track with your high potential. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. how do you, when you, like every day that you wake up, do you normally check your chart? And like, how do you use that information for yourself? Because of my resistance to (laughs) like any sort of, predict it like living my life in such a way where I feel like anything is kind of overseeing me or controlling me I don't check things every day at all Mm -hmm. I kind of know the broader energies like so the slower moving planets like Saturn Neptune Uranus Pluto those they move so slowly that are much slower than the other ones that their energies kind of build momentum over months and even years. Mm. So I'm working with those energies in my own life as well as those are the ones we go into, I go into with clients. Um, so it's not so much a daily, like, what's the moon? Because right. the moon zips around. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's going real fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or even, you know, Mercury is zipping, Venus. Mm. I'm not so much um, working with those energies it's more these long like Pluto for example takes 248 years to go all the way around so it won't even touch all the areas of a birth chart because we only live you know yeah less than that that. (laughs) yeah so Pluto transits do you know the goddess Kali in Hindu yogic Mm, tradition okay Mm -mm. she's like the fierce mother Hmm. you know and she rules over creation and destruction cycles of birth death rebirth like really intense transformation yeah Yeah. that's really the energy of pluto Hmm. and so when pluto hits a sensitive point in a person's chart it's like okay now it's time for some really deep transformative but it might stay there for like 10 years (laughs) it might be that pluto transits are usually like a couple of years Mm -hmm. like if it's hitting your sun for example Mm -hmm. something like that like a couple of years of intense work around holding your power Mm -hmm. you know in a healthier way or getting to the root of like childhood stuff or karmic stuff that's Mm -hmm. holding you back um so those are the kinds of energies and transits, you know, that I'm focusing on with clients as well as in my own life. Okay. Yeah. Instead of being like, Mercury's in retrograde, so yeah. keep yourself at home because your period's going to be bad. I don't know. <laughs> well, I actually am aware of when Mercury's retrograde. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is usually felt quite... Okay. Just tell me about that because I'm like... <laughs> Everyone talks about Mercury and retrograde, and I'm always like, yeah, I'm pretending I understand that. (laughs) But I feel like when they do, at least when I see it, and typically it's on Facebook, because that's where the information transfer is going to be, I feel like it makes sense. Like, it 
people at least speak to it when there are these big times of intense stress or just stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, when Mercury goes retrograde, basically it means it slows down and it appears to be moving backwards, but it doesn't actually ever move backwards, but Mm. it's just slowing down. And so whenever planets slow down, it's like that energy is like becoming stronger more prominent and so it's a really good time to just kind of turn a little bit more inward um, slow things down in your own life and mercury is our thinking function our cognitive Mm -hmm. mind our communication function language speaking listening um, and as well as technology is involved in there and Mm -hmm. transportation like motion sure is and mercury zips around so fast so when it slows down there can be things that kind of go a little bit haywire in those realms if we don't slow down right a little bit right so i find that you know weird things will happen with my phone or my (laughs) printer or you know just and it'll be like oh yeah mercury's retrograde but (laughs) It's not a big deal, you know. <laughs> and but I do find like with signing contracts or big agreements, if Mercury's retrograde, I just make sure to go through it with a fine tooth comb, really slow down, make sure all the T's are crossed. And, sure, mm-hmm. you know. And there's never been any issue with that sort of thing because the big warning is always don't yeah make any big agreements <laughs> don't you know but it's just like no just slow down sure yeah. make sure all the details are correct and you're good right so speaking of mercury and retrograde <laughs> um do you what are your what do you think when you see like pop astrology like the fact that there's you know, there's a lot of people now who are interested in sort of like raising their consciousness and all these woo-woo ways and they're kind mm-hmm. of sampling the waters. Yeah. Like people are like buying moon charts and, and all these things they're becoming interested in. When people, you see people like dipping their toes into astrology or talking about it in a way that's maybe a little bit surface. Like what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I'm grateful to pop astrology because it's really kept astrology alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Of course, like when I hear really kind of simplistic interpretations of things or damaging interpretations of things, I cringe, Mm. you know. Um, But ultimately, like if it's a door that gets people, piques their interest and they want to go deeper, then that's available, (laughs) you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a complicated thing. Because, yeah, it's kept astrology alive, but it also has done a lot of damage, I think. Sure. Mm-hmm. People have a very different view of what it actually is. Yeah. Some people come in for a reading when they don't really quite know, and they're frightened. Like, they're nervous. They're anxious. They're afraid of what I'm going to say. Mm. And that's only happened a few times. But it's people who are coming from the more pop astrology sure. traditional lens. And they relax after a few <laughs> minutes, but yeah. but it's like, yeah, that's so not the deepest heart of astrology. Right. Yeah, you know? like don't worry about it. I know <laughs> this is for you exactly. Yeah, to support you, right. your growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can people use evolutionary astrology for maintaining health? Like, how do you? How does it influence your interaction with your body? Oh, great question. So. Um, Depending on a person's chart, they may have a lot of energy, a lot of planets, um, 
in very physical body oriented houses houses represent realms of life Mm -hmm. um, or signs and so like for example I happen to have an Aries moon and Taurus rising Aries needs so much rigorous physical activity and if if that doesn't happen anger frustration agitation can tend to build up um, so when someone finds out something like that and they have been sedentary mm. or inactive it's a kind of a light bulb goes on sure and they may I just encourage like well maybe experiment with it see what happens see how you feel if you start to jog or join CrossFit yeah or, hey, you know, Aries. <laughs> what up? memberships for Aries <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah that's huge huge for Aries um, and then Taurus, for example, uh, that's a very, it's a sign that's very much has an affinity with embodiment, but it's more like slower movement, like where you can mm. really feel. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So like Again. yoga, for example, mm-hmm. would be an amazing Taurian activity to right. engage in or walks in nature you know things yeah. like that but the rigorous intense like weightlifting, sweating you know <laughs> grunting that's like Aries mm-hmm. territory for sure hmm. so yeah there are ways that I mean the physical body comes in a ton in readings because I mean that's what we're in yeah right, right. you know so right. it tends to be a topic of conversation in almost every reading mm. mm-hmm. is there any connection because so I don't know a lot about like Ayurvedic lifestyle mm. or like yeah, that yeah. that type of thing but I know that there's some things that you're born with in the Ayurvedic mindset where you like certain things that you are more drawn to for food or yeah. whatever is there anything like that with evolutionary astrology where your certain houses might indicate that you might be better suited for this type of food or I don't mm. know health so practices or, okay. or like I don't know how much you need to sleep <laughs> <laughs> tell me how to do it <laughs> well yeah definitely I guess I don't go so deeply into that specificity sure. in terms of food and sleep mm-hmm. um like spicy foods or you know right right yeah um but I am versed a bit in Ayurvedic knowledge, like with my yoga training and everything. So it's cool. Like in my mind right now, I'm kind of drawing connections between certain astrological signs and then the doshas, right? You know, of Ayurveda. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're giving me something. To <laughs> I mean, play with. this could be a book that you write. Exactly. Yeah. Make millions. Thank you. <laughs> or promote it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You heard it That's here right. first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of books, um, if you were to, like, I know personally I find astrology really interesting, and I've gone to the future MPLS a couple times and, like, looked through their little library of astrology Mm -hmm. books. But to me, it's, like, really overwhelming to to know even where to start. Is there a great book or, like, a a great website that you love that you feel like really hits on your perspective? Mm. And Yeah, for sure. And it would be my teachers, Stephen Forrest. (laughs) I mean. He just has a wealth of, he's written a ton of books, and then he has a wealth of podcasts, videos, you know, all kinds of free information on his website, um, as well as lectures, whole weekend 
workshops, intensives that you can purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a whole kind of outline for if you want to study evolutionary astrology just on your own. Sure. In independent study. He has a whole map of how you could go about doing that. Um, but his, the first book, or I should say his most foundational book about evolutionary astrology is called The Inner Sky. Mm. And that one, I would say, would be one to pick up to familiarize oneself with planets, signs, and houses. Sure. Um, but Can just, you sort of like chart out your own a little bit through that, through that book? Yeah, you could definitely start to get a sense of the different flavors of energy Mm -hmm. that you're working with. Um, You might want a little bit more of a technical astrological book to start, even like Astrology for Dummies or something. You know, one of those, like to just kind of start to map out the chart because Stephen's book is very poetic. Sure. He's a very eloquent writer and his use of language is so... I mean, he tells stories, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah. So it's, I've had a couple of my students say, like, oh, that book was, like, not quite what I was looking for because <laughs> I want more of, okay. Like nuts the, and bolts. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. I'm a nuts and bolts girl, so I'm like, okay. how do I do it? <laughs> yeah. <though>? I'm <laughs> curious. Yeah. <laughs> and astro.com is a really great website. They have tons of articles, beginner astrologers very advanced and then you can pull up your chart there too you can enter in your birth information yeah. all for free I think um, that's where I did I, I did my own chart last week and I oh, think I went cool. to after yeah that yeah it's it's great very user-friendly so I recommend that for sure yeah mm-hmm. so you teach some workshops around the cities or yeah so out of my home I run two circles usually at one time two six-week series Mm -hmm. and right now I'm working primarily with women with the group classes Um, men and women all people can come for readings but in terms of the six-week series I'm focusing primarily with women right now Um, so that's an opportunity to go deeper into a particular planetary energy so, like, next week, Jupiter and Venus start up. Cool. <laughs> I know. Really, really fun. And it's cool because it's a weaving together not only of, like, the intellectual astrological understanding and study, but also being in sacred circle with women mm-hmm. um, and a deeper level of sharing. And we meditate at the beginning. And it just has a, a depth and an emotional or heart quality that may be coming to a regular astrology class where mm-hmm. you're learning about, you know, might not have. So it's yeah. a cool coming together of those particular energies. And are these people who have gotten readings from you before and now they're interested in yeah. being able to read for other people or they're much more interested in them themselves? It seems like most of them are really interested in learning more about their own charts. Sure. And then some of them may bring like their partner's chart along or their mm. child's chart so that they're kind of eyeballing <laughs> it at the same time. So like through these series, they're going to learn to read charts. Right. Because that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're doing. <laughs> but that isn't it's not like how to read a chart class. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. It's like that's what you're going to get out of it. But what they're coming for is like a deep soul 
you know, feeding, nourishing mm-hmm. for their own lives and a deeper understanding wow. of their psyches. That's great. Yeah. So if people were interested in a workshop like that, should they come to you for a private reading first and then look into that, or they, could they start right there? Um, they would need to have an individual reading before the second week of the series. Right. Sure. So someone might stumble upon the series and be like, oh, man, I need to quick get my reading <laughs> yeah. so I can do the series. You know, yeah. that happens. Um, or maybe it's someone who had a reading with me a year ago, and then they joined the series. Mm-hmm. So either way, it's totally fine. It's just making sure they've had their reading before the second week. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and that's just familiar. to have a foundation. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And couples readings. Ooh. Are so <laughs> How long much are those? <laughs> those can be like two, two and a half hours. Yeah. I mean, it is dynamic usually. <laughs> so each person has their individual reading first. Okay. Separately. Mm. Okay. And they can witness each other's, but sure. happens before the couple's reading. And then they come together and we explore the chart of the entity of their relationship. I love it. Wow. Yeah. I want it. And it can be fascinating because yeah. it can be really different mm-hmm. from the individual chart. Sure. Right. So, like, what the relationship needs to stay vital and strong and nurtured yeah. and fed might be different than what each individual needs. So they may need to cultivate like Dang. entirely new <laughs> energies together. Yeah. yeah. Which can be a huge growth opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, how amazing that you're coming to it from a empowerment standpoint yeah. where it isn't that like prescriptive no. this is what you need to do to be a better couple and I'm saying better in quotation marks. Exactly. Yep. It's just a, like tools. Yes. Exactly. That they can experiment with right. and see how it feels. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's super cool. Um, so what other kind of things do you, like, do you do other types of workshops or, I don't know, where, yeah. where else can people find you? So mm-hmm. at Yes Yoga, which is a yoga studio, Yay. such a sweet <laughs> spot. Yeah. Um, between Nicolet and First on 26th. In Minneapolis, um, I do a monthly women's moon medicine. Okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we're exploring embodying the astrological energies. Mm. Um, so, like for example, the last one was Moon in Aries. So that fiery, needing rigorous, you know, movement mm-hmm. or engagement with the body. Um, we did freeform dance or freeform movement to music really like primal and drum beats you know just really intense putting it out there yeah yeah yeah. um and so each month there's some sort of embodiment and so like the next one is the moon in cancer on july 22nd and they're usually on saturday nights okay um and that is this watery energy that's all about nurturing healing it's a great mother great nurturer great healer archetype um and so we're not gonna be crazily dancing and drumming Mm -hmm. primally around the room (laughs) we're gonna be like yin yoga yoga nidra i'm there (laughs) (laughs) so it's an opportunity for women to come together and just experience the energy of the moon Mm -hmm. that night whatever sign it's in in their own bodies and then we usually have a time of sharing like at the end, um, each woman has a minute or two to just speak into 
from her heart, whatever she wants to share. Um, so a lot of the women tend to come every month, the same women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the community just gets deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds yeah. great. That's great. Really Ooh. does sound great. <laughs> yeah. Well, anywhere else? Where else can we find you? It feels like you're doing everything everywhere. Yeah. You know, that is really about... <laughs> My partner and I, um, Daniel Gelsted, he's a chiropractor, acupuncturist. Mm. He has his own practice. And we will be leading, this totally jumps into a new realm, but trauma-sensitive yoga will be leading a training um, at Yes Yoga in September. So that's another... And is it just one day or is it... It's two days. It's Saturday and Sunday, but it's just a four-hour chunk on the first day, three-hour chunk on the second day, 11 to 3.30, 12.30 to 3.30. Um, a trauma-sensitive approach to teaching yoga. That's great. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's another, that's the other half of my life. Yeah, the trauma-sensitive Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is an important half that we really didn't talk about <laughs> yep. at all that's, in this episode, but just means yes. we have to bring you back on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and oh. I think we, you know, definitely will talk more about we, with you off the podcast about mm-hmm. that because we're, you know, talking about that a lot yeah, here. Which is wonderful. Trying to make such thing as trauma-sensitive CrossFit, which right. I think is, is possible. It is totally possible. Yep. yep. That is so beautiful. So we're working on it. Yes. I'll get your opinion. Awesome. <laughs> um, great. Well, I mean, there's so many more things I could right. ask you, but also, like, it has been 45 minutes, so I want to wow. check in. Is there anything else that you wanted to be make sure that you share with our listeners about evolutionary astrology? Oh, no. I just feel so grateful for this opportunity to speak about it um, with you. And just bring it to people's awareness that yeah. it exists. Yeah. 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 I had no idea. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. And I'm like, honey, let's book a meeting. <laughs> what are you doing in a couple weeks? Right. Oh, like, let me tell you if you want to. Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> we could try it. Yeah. See it's what's up. fun. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. You know, thank, oh, thank you so you. much. Yeah. yeah. Um, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in mm-hmm. because that was awesome. Sure was. And <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll before we go, let's just uh, we'll post your website on. The <laughs> yeah, all anything that we've been talking about, any of the different people or the books, we'll we'll link them in the show notes. Punch the mic. <laughs> yeah, and it's gonna keep punching the mic. <laughs> um, but it is just. <laughs> It's just jessawalters.com, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, yep. yes, you can learn more about Jessa at jessawalters.com. Jessa is spelled like Jessa, J-E-S-S-A. <laughs> Walters is spelled like Walters. Woo-hoo. Um, Very easy name. Yeah. yeah. And you can read the long list of accomplishments on her website mm-hmm. and also things that she's doing in the in the area, so you can catch her there. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you. Next week we have another episode coming at your ears. Just like every week. Just like every week. <laughs> Um, because guess what? You need to hear it because you have a body. Yeah. You have a body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hope you have your wonderful your wonderful week. Yeah. Thanks always to Taj, the, the who is my Aries rising. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, probably. <laughs> it's a compliment, Taj. <laughs> I think it's good. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and thanks to Jessa for being our guest today. Oh, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. Have a wonderful week, everybody. See ya. The You Have a Body podcast is produced by me, Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or visit noisepictic.com for full episode information. Join in on the conversation at facebook.com slash youhaveabodypodcast. Tweet at us at youhaveabody, or find us on Instagram at youhaveabodypodcast. Let us know what's going on with you, because guess what? You have a body. <laughs>